Welcome to Mi'kmaq Matters, a podcast about the Mi'kmaq people and the Halibut First Nation. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Imagine if the Mi'kmaq people had our own level of government, equal in power to the provinces or the federal government making our own laws, governing our own affairs, in control of our own house. Hard to fathom at this point, but that's the meaning of self-government and self-determination. And it was the subject of a summit last week in Halifax organized by the two AFN regional chiefs. It's the start of a big conversation with many meaty questions to be answered. For example, would we have what government for all Mi'kmaq people in what is now known as the Atlantic provinces and Quebec? Maybe not, judging by the reaction of the Nova Scotia chiefs, who want to go it alone for the time being. We have two guests on the show this week. We'll be hearing from Councillor Brian Dix, a member of the Substantial Halibu contingent at the summit. But first, Roger Augustine, AFN Regional Chief for New Brunswick and PEI, one of the summit organizers. Chief Augustine says that before we go off to Canada demanding self-government, we need to come up with a game plan that all Mi'kmaq people agree on. I spoke with the chief from his car after the summit. It was beyond my expectation. Uh, it's, it's, it's an amazing uh, start in, in uh, conversations with, uh, with the Mi'kmaq and, uh, and the Maliseed and the Passamaquoddy. Uh, it, it incorporated a lot of input, a lot of intelligence from other parts of the country. It was a, you know, it's it's a beginning of a great, great uh, partnership and great, uh, uh, great journey towards uh, self-government. Great journey towards, uh, you know, respect uh, and, and peace and friendship. One of the uh, interesting uh, suggestions was from uh, former Chief uh, Ovid uh, Mercury, uh, yeah. an idea yeah. for a modern Atlantic treaty. Um, yep. Do you think uh, there's somewhere to go with that uh, idea? I I, uh, I heard him. I was with him when he said that, and uh, I know that um, uh, when you take a look at some of the uh, commissions that were started and worked on, the Royal Commission on Aboriginal Peoples, uh, former National Chief uh, Erasmus also said something like that. But one of the things that we're going to be looking at very closely is a treaty among ourselves from nation to nation uh, and then uh, and then we can uh, move on and move forward in dealing with the government of Canada. Mm. So uh, on what uh, what scale are we talking because um, of course we have Mi'kmaq people in Quebec and the Fort Atlantic provinces and you mentioned that in New Brunswick yep. of course you have the Maliseet and Passamaquoddy people. Yep. Um, and then, in meanwhile, in Nova Scotia, the Nova Scotia Mi'kmaq people have their own process ongoing now um, in their territories, and they seem to want to continue on that route. So are we talking uh, about Quebec and the Fort Atlantic provinces as the, as the sort of area that we're talking about? Uh, right now, my, my thoughts, my personal thoughts on that is... Um, you know, if we uh, we will learn from other folks that, that are maybe further into the process, uh, we will 
together, but we have to <laughs> we have to open discussions with all of the other 59 First Nations uh, and six, 363 First Nation communities, but 59 uh, different uh, tribes across the country that that need to be involved in the discussions. Uh, folks like the Grand Councils uh, across Canada, uh, we have to be involved. It's going to be a long process. I would I would roughly give an estimate this is going to take a, a, a fair amount of time, maybe what, seven to ten years before we see anything concrete. Uh, there are some uh, initial discussions going on that it's, uh, with the government, but we need to discuss things ourselves as First Nations and Indigenous nations uh, across this country first of all, and then we can move on establishing and uh, uh, establishing uh, the uh, the uh, Treaties, if you want to put it that way. Hmm. Treaty among ourselves is the first concept that we have to study. And when you say treaty among ourselves, so what is the ourselves that you're talking about there? All the different tribes across Canada. Hmm. Um, and so we've had this uh, summit, and what is the what is the next step? Will there be another gathering at a certain point to continue the conversation? Yeah, we're hoping to have another summit. Uh, next year, and that would be uh, in New Brunswick this time. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we're uh, putting uh, submissions and some ideas now together. Uh, Morley and I, uh, Regional Chief Morley, Gugu and I are uh, talking together on how we can do something. And this is this is the beginning of a great great uh, uh, concept about you know us working together in Mi'kmaq nations uh, and Maliseet nations, uh, Passamaquoddy, which and Morgan and I represent all three, and I do represent actually <laughs> the the Maliseet, uh, um, uh tribe. So it's it's going to be a long conversation. And but here's one thing though, that in order to accommodate this uh, concept of nation building, uh, there has to be changes made to the Assembly of First Nations. Uh, uh, some structural constitution changes there to accommodate accommodate the rest of us in the country to work together. So that's where it's going to happen. You asked about next step. That's the next step to uh, make the necessary constitute, uh, constitution changes for the Assembly of First Nations. And what, what kind of changes uh, do you think are necessary there? One of the things that we have to address is right now, like the, um, you know, there's different ideas uh, as to how the uh, the electoral boundaries or the tribal boundaries, so on and so forth, those those things haven't been addressed yet. And what I like to see personally, sometime is that every individual First Nations individual uh, get to vote uh, for the national chief in one way, shape, or form. Mm. Uh, I know that some say that okay, we already have a representative that's that that go to the assemblies, uh, like the chiefs, for example. Uh, but I think right now the people want to get involved and more and stronger involvement by the women. Uh, those things have to, we address, have to be addressed by the Assembly of First Nations. Mm. And, of course, uh, you may be aware that in, in Newfoundland there's some uh, Mi'kmaq people in Newfoundland. Uh, of course, we have two First Nations now. There's some suggestion mm -hmm. that there should be a separate um, uh, regional chief for Newfoundland because uh, there are two bands and of course the Halibut is, is quite a large band in number. Uh, so do you think yeah. that would have any 
Is there any hope of that happening, do you think? Well, see, uh, when I mentioned about the structural changes, the constitution changes um, for the Assembly of First Nations, we'll certainly be addressing those things. And it's the same with all nations. So, like, for, for example, the Maoists, uh nations are, will be looking for their own regional chief or their own representation. It may not be a regional chief, but the stronger representation in the Assembly of First Nations. Hmm. Well, sir, interesting to be self-government. We have to do some some uh, work in our own houses, uh, be, perhaps before we deal with uh, with Canada uh, on self-government. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. AFN Regional Chief Roger Augustine. One of the most talked about ideas to come out of the summit came from former AFN National Chief Ovi Mercredi, who pitched a modern Atlantic treaty covering all Mi'kmaq people. Halibut Councillor Brian Dix was in the room for that presentation. I asked him to put that discussion and the rest of the summit in a Halibut perspective. He spoke very eloquently and passionately about, you know, the the, the need for self-determination, self-governance, and and what that meant to him. And I guess his personal experience, having having lived through the the uh, the, the early days in the, in the northern community that he grew up. Um, and going through the treaty process and so on, but I guess one of the overriding and let, and let me but let me uh, break in there, uh, yes. Brian. Um, one of the things he talked about was a modern Atlantic treaty for Mi'kmaq people, based on his yes. own experience. Yes, he and was what, he was strongly recommending that uh, that the Atlantic bands, nations within Atlantic Canada, look at coming together and moving forward as a as as one unit in terms of negotiating a new treaty that would essentially replace the Indian Act as it is right now and you know again following that on the next day i think there were some individual meetings of of bands and regions and just by the we we didn't get together as an atlantic region and and discuss this at this point in time i expect that uh, that should and and probably will happen at some future date but just from the media that was around that. I, I read some media reports suggesting that Nova Scotia was was uh, was not not certain that they they agreed with that approach. That they they may want to look at going their own way on that. So I think his uh, uh, Chief Mercury's comments were certainly taken seriously in the, in the context of of a topic for discussion and a suggested way forward. But there's a lot of things that would have to happen, I think, before before we get to the point where where that could actually happen, and whether or not it, it it's it's um, it, it will happen, Glenn, I, I would say it's very much too early to to speculate on that. And and when he made that, uh, as you say, there was there were a number of media reports about that suggestion from um, from Chief Mercury. What was the uh, reaction in the room when he made that uh, proposal? The this particular summit was was not an interactive one and, and that was by design as we were told it was meant to to put out you know to have pertinent speakers speak on the specific uh, notions and ideas and 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 thoughts and and recommendations and and for us to to listen to take it in that the the summit that would follow this one would be certainly interactive in the sense that there'd be breakout sessions and roundtable discussions and so on because there was there was much that was said that certainly myself and I'm sure everyone in the room would like to have had an opportunity to sit down and discuss in a, uh, in, a in a talking circle or in a meeting room with these individuals and to, to to tap their knowledge and experience as to how they would see this work. 
so lots of questions came out of that. So there was no there was no evident uh, uh, you know reaction in the room at that point in time. And again, the, the summit was set up in such a way it was, it was these days were full, and there was no there were no breakout sessions per se. So um, that that I certainly couldn't get any read on what what the that the tenor of the response would have been to to Chief Mercury's comments. Right. So uh, what uh, I guess what we had to go on about the uh, Nova Scotia reaction, what was was what we read in the paper yes. or in the media reports, and they have uh, their own. I, I, I think as one of the chiefs described it, a, a made in Nova Scotia approach that they wanted yes. to they wanted to go down that road. So I suppose that um, you know which they're on a road. So we have to just see whether they're going to change route and um, and would be willing to get out in this other road uh, as proposed by by Chief Mercury. Yeah, I think so. And again, this is early days. Even though the, you know the topic of self-governance, self-determination has been going on for decades, this is the first time that that uh, that, that I'm aware of that the federal government has demonstrated a political will to go down this road with us and uh, and you know to to engage in the process that would see. Us move away from the Indian Act as it uh, as it sits right now, and the um, uh, Indigenous Service Canada eventually to have that, which I so I understand was set up as more of a temporary um, department until we get through this process, and that the bands would become more self-reliant, self uh, or, or at least self-governing of of their 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 funding and so on and so forth. And we have we have uh, you know aspects of that in our band right now where we we have certain control over. Our own, uh, our own determination, I guess. And as as we get closer to block funding, that will happen even more so. But it would still, at this point, be under uh, everything would be under the the Indian Act, which, as you know, I believe it's uh, 1876. It's uh, yes. it's a very dated, it's very restrictive, and it's you know essentially made tenants out of First Nations on their own land. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, again, early stage. Nova Scotia appears based on, on what we've seen, uh, their, their response, at least their immediate response, that they, they have their own road they'd like to travel on this. But I think as as this evolves and as the government becomes involved in, in the process itself as well, you know, there, there could be room for, for us to look at, at uh, different scenarios, different options. So how did it feel uh, being there uh, as part of uh, Halibut? Because here we are. Uh, we're new uh, in the life of the band, uh, formed you know less than um, less than uh, ten years ago, and still going through uh, the enrollment process. So we're in the early days of our of our First Nation, and here we're talking about uh, about self determination and and self government. So did it feel a bit to you, uh, you know, about a, a bit? Out of whack that we're at this stage uh, in the life of our own band, and we're talking about self-determination at this summit. Yeah, I'd have to agree with you on that. You know, my my sense was first of all being there. This was the first AFN event that we've we've been uh, able to attend. I think that in and of itself was was a good exercise. It was a, sort of an orientation process for us, an opportunity to meet the, uh, the the people who are running the organization and involved in 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 the operation. Um, it certainly bore out a sense of the, the credibility that AFN has with respect to Canada um, and you know they are the the conduit through which Canada is is reaching out in this uh, in this pathway to nationhood which was the theme of the summit um, from the point of view of Halibut 
I did feel, you know, I'm aware of the fact that we're the, we're the new we're the new band on the block, so to speak, and it was it was very much an orientation uh, feeling that I had. Uh, I know that around the table there are varying degrees of acceptance of of us, um, that and that is a process that will continue, and I and I I'm hopeful that the more the longer we are around and, and the more active we are in various areas that uh, that affect First Nations within Atlantic Canada and, and, and even across the country, that, that our level of credibility and acceptance will, will, will increase. And, 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 and what feeling did you have from the, from the delegates uh, at the summit? I mean, here you were from Newfoundland, uh, part of this Alibu that, of course, let's face it, some of those people in that room tried to stop us from uh, having a band. Uh, some of them yes. went off to the United Nations to complain. So here you are in the same room with them, uh, now we're supposed to be part of, um, you know, one big family. Uh, what uh, what was the vibe uh, you got from them towards you as being a member of Halibu? Yeah. Well, I can say, first of all, Glenn, that, that when we, we walk into this room, we walk in uh, proud and with our heads held high. We we have, there's no doubt in our minds of our of our um, legitimacy and, and validity and, and our right to uh, to be there. And I would have to say that my experience was that we were treated with uh, with much respect. There was nothing that I picked up on that would suggest uh, that we weren't welcome. We, I felt very welcomed and met a, number, you know, a lot of people and, um, and had good conversations, good sidebars, made some good contacts, some good uh, referrals. I've got a number of, of cards from individuals that I'll be following up with on, on different areas uh, from economic development to cultural um, uh, programming and so on. So I, you know, I felt very much a part of, of the, uh, the summit and, and, and very welcomed. And how how did this uh, event? You've been uh, at many CAP events over the years. There, are the Congress of Aboriginal Peoples. Uh, how did this EFN event compare to the CAP events you have been at? Well, you know, it, this AFN is, is it's a it's a national organization, uh, as, as is CAP, but it's it, it just operates at a, I guess a higher level of engagement when it comes to the interaction with Canada. It, it has the, the ear of Canada and and a table to sit with them at uh, that that cap is uh, you know struggles to 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 get that same level of of um, recognition I suppose so the, you know my feeling would be that we're, we're at the table that we should be at at this point in time as a designated First Nation the you know clearly we're the minority when it comes to our our structure as uh, when it comes to land and one of the themes that that you know, there was a, a roundtable on uh, the second day, I think, and yeah, it was the second day, and it it was a roundtable discussion with three former FNI chiefs. Ovid Mercury was one, Matthew uh, Kuhncombe was another, and George Erasmus. And these these uh, gentlemen are are just uh, you know a wealth of of history and knowledge and information, and and you know very intelligent men who have have what I felt to be you know, very sound approaches to where we where we've come from and where we need to go as first nations in Canada but one of the themes for them you know the the, the foundation of that is based on land and resources and of course in our case we don't have land and um, that's certainly became a clear i guess um, division in in my mind in terms of where we are at Halibut with Halibut and there are others like us in the country but us in particular right now Vis-a-vis the the reserve bands that have uh, that have reserve lands and and out west, I mean they've been down to the process of negotiating treaties and 
with Canada and with their provinces and, and communities and so on. And you know, we're 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 behind in that respect. But um, so did it did it make you think that as as Halibut we need a a uh, a land base that uh, you know it's fine to be formed as a landless band to you know get it done, but uh, going forward if we want to have any real self determination that we need our own land. I think that there are there are there are degrees of self determination based on based on the way your band is structured and you know we are structured as a landless band and I think we can still move toward greater degrees of self determination within our own band. Uh, obviously, I think the, nobody would would uh, deny or argue the the point that that you know, we should we should have some land uh, associated with our band and then access to the resource base that's associated with that. But uh, you know, Glenn, I don't know where that where that road takes us. I think I think it's one we should continue to to have on um, on our radar and on the table and to be to be promoting the notion of it. But based on the AIP that we have in place now, the that agreement, you know, there is no no basis for that. We are, as you know, attempting to establish an urban reserve um, for the band, and that would would that would involve certain lands being designated to us by the federal government for that use but uh, certainly not not typical of, of typical reserve lands. So, you know, I'd like to see that, and um, I'm, I'm intent on continuing to, to do my part to attempt to, to change the, uh, the narrative on, on how we were put together and, um, and have it include some sort of a land. How that happens in a, in a band that has 60-plus communities, you know, f- from central Newfoundland to the, to the west coast and, uh, and up the northern peninsula, then uh, I'm not sure how that happens, but I think it's a discussion that we we certainly need to be continue to have. Mm. So this was the the first uh, part of the discussion about self determination, and um, uh, with with more to come. So what is the next? Where does it go from here? You said that the next event would be more interactive. So is there a date for the next installment? There are no dates as yet. We you know there was a a survey done at the end of this summit. To get feedback and on how things went and our opinions and, and thoughts on on how effective it was and what what we'd suggest in terms of changes for a next event. But Perry Belgard was there on the on the first day and he gave an opening address and it was uh, again you know quite quite informative and he's a, another passionate person when it comes to his um, his desire to to move this file forward with Canada. Um, you know, he did indicate that it is a process, and it's uh, even though, you know, finally the the federal government has indicated their willingness and a will to to uh, to sit down and and work toward this this common goal, that it's still going to take time, and I'd, I'd suggest years. But there's a number of things that have to happen in the interim, and you know, in the case of Atlantic Canada, how are we going to approach that? Are we going to do it individually as as bands, as regions? Are we going to do it as as one combined region of Atlantic Canada? And I, I think the other thing that that it's fair to say is that with Halibut right now, you mentioned us, you know, being a new band. I think it's um, it's uh, noteworthy, and I, I saw it on a, a post today. Uh, Kellyanne Butler put it up that uh, today marks the 10th anniversary of the beginning of the of the application process or the enrollment process, and um, and we're still at it. And even though now finally there's again there's there appears to be a will by Canada to sit down and revisit the the um, enrollment process. That's going to take uh, some period of time as well. But I think 
it'd be fair comment to say that we still don't have our own house in order, and I think before we can be moving forward to 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 look at some of these um, these issues that were raised in this in this summit, I think we we need to get that process behind us and um, and know who we are before we can we can step out uh, into the into the light with these other bands in Atlantic Canada and look at uh, some sort of coalition or or a, a combined effort on this, if indeed that's possible. Halibut Councillor Brian Dix discussing the Summit on Self-Government and Self-Determination held in Halifax last week. As someone once said, the longest journey begins with the first step. And that's it for the show. Allison Baker is the technical producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Celebration time used with the permission of Mi'kmaq artist Marcus Goss. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Listen to Mi'kmaq Matters on Bay of Islands Radio and Norris Point of Rocky Harbor. Tune in on The Voice of Bombay. And in St. John's, catch us on CHMR. I'm Glenn Wheeler. Till next time.